Yeah. Now, would you do that now? No. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but what was the result of that? Everybody straightened up. See, so, so I wonder why we fear, because I would much rather be known by the parents and the students as that serious, disciplined instructor versus like. For over 260 episodes, Dwayne Brummett and Ali Albarigo have been sharing how to take your martial arts school to the next level. Welcome to another edition of SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Now, here's your host, Dwayne and Allie. Hello, Dwayne Brummett here with Allie Albarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Allie, great to be with you again, sir. Yes, it's great to be with you also on a Wednesday. And I love it, too, because I get to go to breakfast with my five friends, and then I get to hang out with you right afterwards. So today's a good day with friends and, and hanging. Yeah, I get my coffee and, uh, you know, we get our conversation. So exactly, exactly. And today's a great topic, right, for conversation, because I get very wired up and fired up about this type of thing. Yeah. So uh, let's just dive right into it. Basically, what we're going to be talking about today is, um, well, you know, are we better off today with the technology and all of the knowledge or supposed knowledge that we have, uh, you know, compared to when we first started? Like what? Uh, and so I guess to to let the listeners know what we're talking about is, you know, obviously technology with the texting ability, the uh, the the online platforms, the Facebook, all of the, uh, you know, opportunities on knowing how to, you know, teach better. And just from A to Z, we're going to talk about as much as we can uh, yeah. during this during this time frame. But how long ago did you start your school? I was opened in 1991. It's 30 years this year. Okay. And I'm 98. Yeah. 1998 is when we uh, incorporated and opened. So, right. right. So it's been a long time. And, and no, so like we were talking technology, it's with no, without a shadow of a doubt, so much better nowadays, including our sponsor is Spark. I mean, that software has literally changed the way martial arts schools run their businesses. Um, the best thing that's ever happened to me as far as the management side um, I absolutely love it and uh, it's phenomenal. So without a doubt, you know, that's that's side of the, the industry is better. Yeah, but uh, look, I uh, I'm connected all the time, you know, um, right. it, the the notification of somebody text message, you know, the studio or push notifications through the app or even a lead that comes in. I get you know, I get the message on my phone, but then I have it connected to my, you know, my Apple watch. And right, so right. it'll, it'll buzz and I'm in the middle of working or doing something. And now you got to look, right. You got to look and yeah. see what just happened. So I, I don't like that part. I, I really yeah. don't. And I'm, I'm personally, just so you know, I am working my way out of uh, that. And meaning that my head instructor, he will be responsible, um, yeah. uh, you know, having those notifications and stuff. We're, we're in the process of, it's coming up on his phone and his watch now. It's still coming up on my phone and my watch. We're going to do that for the next couple of months together. And then I'm I'm detaching from Good. it. Good. Good for you. And listen, if you could do that, that's fantastic because you're you're running your company. You're not working within your company. That's a phenomenal thing. Although I have to say, I, I kind of, and, and I get yelled at all the time. I'm watching a TV show and all of a sudden my, my watch or my phone buzzes and I'm on it. Uh, you know, put that down. And I'm like, no, I'm, it's a client that's actually asking me if they could come in. It's 1030 at night. Can they come in tomorrow for their class? Right. So I'll respond to them right away. And I'm bad that way in regards to like saying, hey, even on my voicemail, it says if you can't reach us and you don't want to leave a message, text me or call me on my cell phone. And here's my cell number. So everyone has my cell number. Well, see, so you need to switch that now and just say, <laughs> text me at this number uh, right. and, and put your your spark texting number in there. Right, right. That's true. But it comes up differently, right? When they're not in the computer and they haven't filled out a form, it comes up as un unidentifiable and you can't respond to them unless you oh, the number and put it into something. So, um, but you're right. Well, you though. know what I you could do? You could do text because, uh, you know, you can uh, you can do keywords mm -hmm. and you could just say uh, text info to, you know, 312, right. blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, the way that the uh, the keyword thing is set up, I don't know if you've ever used it. I use it. I but, oh, my gosh. Yeah. So when I'll go do uh, uh, seminars, like I just did a seminar yesterday at the college 
and I have a little PDF file that they can download on self-protection. And I said, yeah, just text this word to this number. Everybody get your phone out. Just type in this number. All right, now type in this word and then boom. And now I got their information. So that's awesome. So yeah, technology without a doubt has, I mean, like tracking wise where we used to have paper lists and then we went to computer lists and then, um, you know, on who's being tested, who was tested, what belt they are, all that stuff is now a thing in the past. It's all digitized and it's all in our software. Um, you know, the automations and the things that I used to do and have a program manager do fully, you know, physically are now automated. Most of them, you know, the follow-up and follow-up procedures, two, four, six, eight, ten recalls. So I think that stuff in our industry has been much better, right, for us. Yeah. Um, when it regards to, this is a big thing. Like I, I just saw on Century Martial Arts, I think it was, or one other form, um, a guy or person wrote, is it much easier to teach now than it was 25 years ago? And then I hear all the rah, rah, rah instructors, you know, oh, it's better. Kids are smarter. It's, you know, we have so many teaching technologies. I, I see your face um, and uh, your eyebrow went up. So that that's interesting. Right. And, and like everyone's like, yeah, we have it much better now. And I'm going like either they just started teaching in this era um, so, or they, you know, or they are fooling themselves i think um but may, or maybe it's just me like i even said that on the post i wrote like i i don't understand maybe it's just me maybe i'm doing something wrong i think i'm a great instructor i connect i i, I can inspire um and i'm still astounded by the way people are these days what are your thoughts on that like i mean i'm almost thinking like the world here's a quick well, i'll tell you i the other day i was teaching class and people weren't listening and all i said to the kids i said how many people know what a zombie is and they all raise their hands, all the kids. They're like team, team youth class. And um, I said, well, most of you are all going to become zombie food because when the zombie apocalypse hits, you're not going to know what to do. You're not going to be prepared and you're not going to be able to think on your feet. You're all going to be eaten. And th that was the joke. Everyone laughed, but I was serious. Like, so right. like, what, what are your thoughts? I actually think it's, um, I think it's more difficult now to teach. Do I think that they, we have more information on how to teach better? Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. Hands Definitely. down. Um, you, you know, from who Don Barnes and Melody uh, Johnson to, you know, Dave Kovar. And I mean, just all those people that have, you know, really re revolutionized, um, mm -hmm. you know, teaching. Right. Martial arts. So, yes, we're, we have access to much better information than we did when we first started. But I don't know that that the uh, the pick of the student population is better. And what I mean by that is, I really think one, there's a, a lot of um, a lot of parents that look at this as, as an activity as opposed to a way of yeah. life. Um, yeah. I believe that when we first started, the parents expected more out of their kids and they were definitely more okay with their kids failing or not achieving um, and us getting on them, you know, to motivate them. Uh, and, and if they didn't get a trophy, they would say, yeah, well, that's because you were sitting on your butt. You weren't doing anything, you know? <laughs> I, so I think in that aspect, um, that's done, you know, our kids nowadays a disservice, you know, the fact that they, well, why, why would you? And like, I had a mom that was angry last night. She brought all three of her kids. One of them didn't bring her their uniform. She tried to come into class. I go, I'm sorry, you can't do class without your uniform. You'll have to make a private lesson. I mean, deer in the headlights, you know, and mom uh, was like, well, uh, it's my fault. It's my fault. Well, no, she said uh, so-and-so didn't bring his uniform one time and they let him into class. I said, well, I'm sorry, they shouldn't have. Because right. You, you know, now, if that was when you were a trial student and you forgot your belt or something, that's different. Right. But now that you're officially a student. Right. That's that. Yeah. You know, these are the standards. So right. um, that too. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of back and forth. You know, I don't I don't right. think she was happy, but they went in and made their private lesson for this Friday to catch up. Yeah. And, and you know, that's interesting because, you know, like I, I find that, you know, there's a few things like back. I'll give an example. My attorney is an older gentleman. His son was my student, started with me on the day I opened in 1991, November 9th. 
um, trained with me forever until he went away to college. Now he's my attorney now. So, um, but his dad on the first class said, if he doesn't listen, kick the crap out of him. Like that was the old mentality. Now, of course, you know, he probably we didn't say crap at the time either, did he? Yeah, yeah, no, probably not. But at the same time, though, we were like, okay, like we were like willing to throw a beating on people. I mean, not, you know, in an abusive, crazy, you could get arrested kind of way, but we were harder on these kids. And by the way, this kid went through some struggles when he was in college, drinking and partying and doing some drugs and whatever. And the dad, you know who he'd call to straighten him out? Me. And I'd be on the phone with this kid in his college dorm saying, don't make me come up there and, and then, and then straighten him out, you know? So, um, yeah, back then it was a different type of parent, right? You know, and nowadays I had a kid the other day, I have an autistic kid. He's a sweet kid. Um, and I put one of my other really good kids, very compassionate kid with him to work. (laughs) Excuse me. The dad calls him off, calls me to the side after class said, you know, did you pick my son to be with that kid? He didn't get a chance to really practice. And I'm like, yeah, I did. I specifically put your kid Mason with that kid because he's such a good, your son is such a good kid. And he's so kind and so loving. And he really is patient with this kid. He doesn't do it all the time, but I felt that would be a good lesson for the kid, your son. And the dad was like, okay, that makes sense. Like they needed to see it, but he was kind of annoyed in the beginning that he was not getting the workout. So um, there's still some parents out there that get it, and but uh, and but I'm still astounded. I had a kid licking the floor the other day, L- literally a seven or eight year old licking the floor. Like, how the hell could I? I mean, it's not to say I didn't have that happen in the past, but I'm like, at least that mat part of the mat's clean. But I'm like, what's going on? Well, I don't think that, uh, and I hate to bring up COVID, but I honestly really think that 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 is another um, problem. So on top of the fact that, you know, parents feel bad about their kids, they don't want to discipline them very much. And now, now on top of that, you have the fact that they've been, you know, cooped up and not had interaction and, you know, been on computers for X number of months or whatever it is. They, they have their own stress and their own anxiety from that whole situation as well. And who knows their home life, right? Who knows right. what happens behind closed doors? So, yeah. you, you, you know, so you take that into consideration. That's even on top of what we were already talking about as well. Yeah, I think, too, that people see us as the solution. So like, hey, doctors and psychologists say, bring your kids to the martial arts if they have ADD, ADHD, you know, they're on the spectrum and autistic or Or confidence problems or confidence. Yeah. And then bring them to the martial arts. So I guess if we have a funnel that's filled with all and I don't want to this is very I'm trying to be kind, but like if they're the misfits and, and you put them in the funnel and they come out into our school. Um, we're bound to have a harder time teaching kids, but I can't say I have that only. Like I have a good majority of kids that are just outstanding families, sure. outstanding kids, but they still have learning issues. Like I, I mean, I had a kid, I was down on my knee the other day showing how to roll in a mirror image of the kid and he had his hand wrapped under his leg. And I'm like, no, take your arm out. And I'm showing him, take your arm out. The other arm he's doing. I go, no, the one that's wrapped under the leg. He's looking at me like I'm talking Chinese. And I'm like, no. And I showed him again. And I said, not that arm. He did it again. I said, your other arm. And then he still kept doing it. I had to stand up and physically walk over and take the arm out. And he's like, oh, like, so I wonder like what happens with that? Like, is it that they're not used to learning and processing like we used to in in the street when we would play games it was very physical we were physical from the time we were little kids to now they're not used to learning physically they're just mental lessons that they're learning schoolwork and problems and solving and history but they're not learning the physical common sense well you know look i I hate to tell you this but i think you're the problem in that in that equation i might be because um you know, you didn't identify that that's a kinesthetic learner, not a visual or auditory learner. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I was too. But but hey, listen, I did all three, though. That's the problem. You know, but I understand exactly your joke and what you're saying. But I honestly would. I literally I'm speaking it. I'm showing it and I'm demonstrating it. Right. So they're doing they're, they get it. And then I had to come over and physically touch. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, some some students are marionettes. You know, you have to move them until they get it down. Yeah. So I, so I wonder, so do you I, find I, it? 
Yeah, I, I do have that. I have some that are marionettes that I have to physically move and mold so that they can kind of feel how it goes. And yeah. um, so that is one aspect of, and, and I don't know who was the one that, you know, I learned that from first in this industry with regards to, you know, the three different learning styles, audio, right. visual, and then kinesthetic. But right. um, I, I was in the beginning, you know, frustrated that I had students. It's like, look, I showed you, I told you, why can't you do it? Right. You know? And uh, then I then I took on the mantra for myself that there are no like there, there are no students that can't learn. It's just I have to find out which way that they learn it best and teach it that way. So well, then I, that have means, to be, I have to be agile as an instructor. So then I guess the rah, rah, rah teachers that are on that post, they're following that concept Like we have to be better educated. We have to have better teaching skills. We're better teachers because of all this. However. Even with that, I still find it more difficult to get people to learn. Like years ago, um, people would come to my school and they had a desire to learn. And if I showed them once the correct way, they practiced it. They might not have got it right, but they practiced it over and over again until they got it the way I wanted them to get it because they knew that it was for their own benefit, right? Nowadays, I'll say, you got to lower your horse stance. You got to snap your punch. You can't bend your wrist when you punch, you know? And they'll go, height sensei or height shihan. Yes, sir. Um, I turn around, they're immediately back to doing it exactly how I told them not to do it. Yeah, but remember that, you know, when, uh, we, we also, there was no, there was no uh, carrot when we were doing it. There was just a stick. Right. So when we were told to get in that position and we didn't, there was a stick. <laughs> okay. Like, okay. you know, we we were you either were going to do it or you just weren't going to be a student there anymore so you were made to do it or you just weren't going to be a student there anymore and right. so there was some pressure whether it was from like physical pressure from the instructor right. because right. there was a stick that you were going to get hit with you know yeah. hey lower that stance right you know what right. i mean yeah um or or b there was uh, so much enough pressure peer pressure that everybody else was doing it and you weren't that you didn't want to be the odd person out like you would conform. Right. Uh, I don't know that we have that. And because, you know, just the opposite, I think, is is more celebrated today. Being different is more celebrated today. Right. Not following the rules is more celebrated today. Not being respectful is more celebrated today. You, you see where I'm going with that, right? Yeah, I totally do. And I, I think that we as a... Um, as an industry are the last hope. I mean, and even sports teams are this way as well. Like the coaches, like they're pretty simple. You don't practice, you don't get good grades, you don't show up, you don't work hard, you're on the bench or you're kicked off the team. Like my, um, my wife's niece is in college. She's on a, she was on a dance team last year. This year she went back, they made her audition again to be on the team that she was already on. And then she got picked as an alternate and then that person that she was alternate for, she quit and then she got moved up. But I'm like, they make her work hard to hold her standard. Um, you know, so in life, though, I think that would be we get much resistance from that from parents, almost to the fact I think as martial artists, we're, we have golden handcuffs and we're like, hey, I don't want to make it too difficult um, because they might quit. And then I'll lose a student and lose tuition and lose, you know, whatever. Um, so we're, we're a little bit less likely to be as hard nosed as we used to be when we were originally being like, Hey, do it my way or get the heck out of here. Well, I remember, I remember one class when this was, I don't know, maybe two and a half years in, into teaching, uh, or, you know, uh, into running my school, uh, maybe even just two years. But anyhow, I remember specifically a class, there were almost 90% of the people were just not doing what they were supposed to be doing. Right. And I stopped the class. And I looked at everybody and the parents were there and I said, everybody go home. I said, we're done. It was like maybe 20 minutes into the class, right, to a, right. you know, in a 45 minute class. And they all looked at me. I said, none of you guys came here to work today. I said, so go home. And I said, if you decide to come back next class, you better work. If you don't want to work, don't come back next class. Right, right. Know, parents, please take your kids home. Yeah. Now, would you do that now? <laughs> no. Yeah. So, but, but what was the result of that? Everybody straightened up. See, so, so I wonder why we fear 
because I would much rather be known by the parents and the students as that serious, disciplined instructor versus like, okay, I'm in the military, I'm a drill sergeant. I'm like, guys, wear, if you want to wear whatever you want, and, and we're going to start around nine, you can show up whenever you feel like you do it. Like you're never going to get the results from that, that you would, if you're like, you be here at seven 30, it starts at eight in your uniform, spit shine shoes, like snap to attention and not moving. Right. And, um, if not, you're going to run with a rucksack backpack with like 25 pounds of cement in it for the next four hours. Right. Like I'm amazed at how, how sometimes our expectations when we lower them, because we're trying to be in them. And this is what I hated about this post that was on, on the web. Uh, I'm like, don't you think we should be a little bit more serious? We should be more focused. We should be a little bit harder. We should be more disciplined with our students rather than letting them get away with murder or making excuses for them, et cetera, et cetera. Well, now I have the three strike rule. So I wouldn't right. send everybody home. I would just strike this person and sit them out or whatever. So right. it's not that I won't do certain things, but it's definitely different. And then, yeah, there was like 10% of that population on that night that, you know, got, uh, they were affected by it when they should right. not have been, um, you know, sent home, but I sent everybody home. I was disgusted. Right. So. And you know what? I've had those classes. Like I had that with even my adult population where like they'd show up late. I would lock the door. I'm, I'm stuck. Since I'm, I was stuck in traffic. Oh, you should leave earlier next time. I'd lower the blinds in their face. Like I was a much different instructor at that time. Now people show up 15 minutes into class. Like, I'm sorry, traffic was bad. I'm like, oh, I'm just happy that you're here. It's great to see whoever, you know, like is a different, more compassionate person I am nowadays. But at the same time, like even, for example, my I'm a different instructor than my head instructor that teaches for me. Like I'm very focused and disciplined and serious. And, you know, I joke and I have fun, but people know that there's a point they can't go beyond. Just the other day, just last night, I was so pissed and I'm sure my instructor is so sick of it because I'm at home on my computer watching the class and I have a brown and black belt class. Now, these are people that know better and they didn't even bow in the proper spots they literally we bow in the corners of our room and then wait to be bowed in by the instructor they literally intentionally just walked across the floor without bowing and stood there now i'm watching them they don't think that because my instructor might have been in the restroom or in his office or talking to somebody or whatever yeah these are all brown and black belts or purple brown and black and i'm like one kid does she has white socks on we wear tabby boots which is like a black she's got she's a brown belt white socks late just chatting they're all they're not even lined up waiting they're literally like facing different directions pushing each other hitting and i'm watching it all on camera and what i don't understand is why that doesn't happen with me well i do understand because they know that if i caught them doing that and i'm always on top of them like i'm not wasting or if i say sensei dylan bow them in he gets them in line right like we're running a tight ship but i guess if we let these things go we literally let the inmates run the prison, so to speak. Yeah, but I also think that there's there's a level of respect that is not there anymore like there used to be. Right. I just, I just really do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, you know, when my instructor comes into town, um, my, especially my, you know, my top people, they, they see how you're supposed to. Right. To do what you like, you know. You don't eat until he eats. You know, I'm buying. Oh, yeah. There's no way in the world that I'm yeah. going to let my instructor buy. I mean, just yeah. just all those small little things. You know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. I lived with a classical Japanese instructor, and, like, I learned those protocols. Like, he would get up to go to the bathroom, and I would get up and follow him. And all the other guys would say, oh, there he is, Ali's brown-nosing again. And then one time, um, Tanimura-sensei, my teacher, said to them, how come no one else gets up like Ali? And they said, oh, why? Why should we get up? You're going to the bathroom. He says, because he's there to protect me in case something happens. He said, what if something happened to me in the bathroom while you're all my head teachers are sitting here having fun? He goes, he's the only one that does what he's supposed to do. And now, by the way, now after that, everyone's fighting to follow him to the bathroom because now they get it. And I'm no longer a brown nose. I'm a guy who knew something that they didn't know because right. you're supposed to take care of your sensei, right? Yeah. So, so it's interesting. I have... um. Another funny thing, too, is like, you know, with that, and by the way, I guess we could go on to other things in a minute, though. It's like, I wonder, though, if because our expectations are lower, that 
the kid's performance is lower. Of course, we expect more and they'll rise. Even if they don't rise to the top of that expectation, they'll be way higher than they were when we had no expectations. So like, for example, I have a, a video on how to tie your belt. I did three mm. different angles. Um, I called it the belt tie challenge. Um, I put it up on the app. It's on YouTube. And um, I still have people, parents come in, they tie their kid's belt and it literally looks like they were the Tasmanian devil spinning around and they just threw the belt in the air and that belt wrapped around their body. Like, and I'm like, can you even take the time these days to learn that lesson? So I may just say no one gets promoted until they know how to tie their belt. I mean, oh, little, 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 little kids, two to four year olds, I get it. But at least the parents should know how to tie the damn belt. Right. Well, my seven and up, if you're seven and up, you have to know how to tie your belt at, at white belt or you can't be promoted to yellow. And, and I just had that discussion last night. That's we, awesome. We took five minutes to, you know, run over the, actually about maybe three minutes to, to tie the belt just to, yeah. so we tied it three, three times. That's all we really had time to do is tie it three times. And I said, you know, look, you know who you are because I've had to go over and, and help you. You need to go look on the app on how to right. tie your belt. Watch the video. Right. I said, we're going to keep, practicing it in here but and i'll help you but you're not going to earn your stripe in order to even go to your test if you don't know how to tie your belt yeah and that's something that i also need that i have to make sure that if my instructor is setting up promotions and doing testing i'm going to say do they know how to tie their belt no you can't test them and that's the way it's going to be because then you let that slide and you, you know you told them they had to have it and then they didn't have it and you allowed it now everything else you tell them the protocol, the rules is out the window. Yep. So, so I mean, I'm at the point where, you know, like I, I, I understand the business side. We don't want to piss people off and push them away. But at the same time, they're learning a martial, a military art to learn how to self do self-defense and discipline themselves. One of my students, Greg, just chimed in. He says, me as a student, waits till the instructor leaves at the end. Yeah, that's something that I taught him. Like it was just him and I. And uh, he would never go by Sheehan and then drive away. He'd wait until I locked the door, came out, got in my car and drive away. And he'd drive away with me. He wouldn't let me leave by myself. Same thing as going to the bathroom with my teacher. I'd make sure he was safe. They're making sure that I'm safe. Yep. You know, so that's where um, it's very, very important. And he wrote, it's for the love of your instructor, you know, of my instructor. So I think that that's a. Yeah. And I don't know in as much, in as, much as that, you know, <clears throat> we're pissing people off. It's the fact that, you know, um, yes, they might get pissed off, but are they pissed off at us? Yes, because they didn't we follow have. the rules right. and we're holding them to the standards that we're right. expecting. So right. the only person they can take it out on, and if they're not an on, if they're not an honest person, is us. Right. Right. And so I will go ahead and own that. Um, you know, allow them to do that because mm -hmm. I will just point back to, well, this is what the curriculum said. This is what we've talked about in, you know, class, yeah. you know, you signed the agreement that said that you're going to follow the rules of conduct. One of them is to wear your uniform to class. Otherwise right. you can't come into class. Right. When you forget your belt. You're going to get a strike. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but you don't wear your whole uniform. I'm going to let you into class. No. Yeah. I've had that where recently I'm, I'm looking at this kid and I almost don't recognize them because my mind is not making the mental connection because they're in regular clothing and they're on the floor. And all my beginners in trial, free trial memberships are in regular clothing, sweatpants, t-shirts, stretchies, whatever. Um, and um, I'm looking at this kid and I go, you're Paula, right? She's like, yeah. I go, you have a white belt. Where's your, oh, my uniform was in the wash. Mom said just to show up. I'm like, well, tell mom this is the last time that you ever come without your uniform because you can't go backwards. I get it. If you're a beginner and you're showing up in regular clothing, that's okay. But you earned your uniform. You went from sweatpants to a, to a uniform, to a belt. Once you have that, you can't go back in time. I remember my teacher, Shion Vasquez. Um, if you forgot your belt and we went to a tournament, he'd just send you home. He'd say, okay, you have no belt. Go home. How are you going to compete? You're not going to borrow one. I don't have an extra black belt for you. Get the heck out of here. Yep. Like, and, and I had a kid that was a student of mine who was always messing up and screwing up and he'd come with me to tournaments and we would have to iron our uniforms before every class with spray starch. So it was crisp and sharp. So he comes in this wrinkled uniform. My teacher said, you're not coming in the room like that. You sit on the, on this bench it was a hard wooden bench in a locker room. And he said, you iron that uniform with your butt. 
and I'm going to send someone in here every 15 minutes to see how it looks and when it's ready. And he literally would sit there and slide back and forth on it. And then finally, my teacher said, okay, come on in. Like halfway through the tournament, he was in there for like three hours in front of more people than you can imagine coming in. And he's like, this is the way you're going to do it. And um, I'm telling you, that was he was one of those people who just wouldn't follow the rules. That's a lesson, right? Yeah. So what is it? Uh, Sensei Nemiroff said, I remember one of my teachers who would rip off your sleeve of your uniform if there was a little hole in it and then make you buy a whole new one. Yep, I've done that before. <laughs> ripped T-shirts, um, stuff like that. Ripped uniforms. I'd be like, boom, I'd tear it open and go, yep, you need a new uniform. That's that's a great comment, though. It's true. So so, so go I was going to say, let's let's swing over to technology um, real quick and, and talk about, um, I think, how how soft it's made us. Right. And what, yeah. what I mean by that is, um, and I've fallen, I've fallen prey to this is you remember, you know, uh, phone book ads, yeah. um, newspaper ads, radio ads, well before we had Facebook, Twitter, all those right. other things, yeah. you know, flyers, um, uh, rack cards. Yeah. I mean, all of those things. And now what, what's the, what's the, if, if. And this is a big if. If a school owner is doing marketing, what's the only marketing that they're they're doing? Do you think? Probably Facebook ads. Facebook ads. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And so they're putting all their eggs in one basket. Which mm -hmm. this week, what did we find? Right. It shut down for a day. Right or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. You know. And we've talked about this before on on previous podcasts with regards to having multiple marketing sources right. that are happening uh every single month and so i think that technology has done that to us where we go oh yeah. i can just do my own facebook ads or i can hire uh you know uh gus lopez right you know our facebook right. guy uh to, you know our social media guy to to do that and that's the only thing i need to do no right. it, now do you need to do that Absolutely, wholeheartedly, yeah. you need to do that. But you cannot not be doing the buddy days and the events and you know flyers. Uh, yeah. Like for me, my martial arts field trips. I mean, just an array of things. Um, right. Buddy passes to just all of those things. Yeah. So what do you what do you think about that? Has it made well, us soft in that area? It definitely has because, like, even for myself, um, I think I I don't know if I discussed this before, but I was like I. I might've been doing a coaching call on this and I was saying that um, this morning and I was saying that I would do any lead that came in through Facebook, I would text them and email them continuously. They were in an automation and so on. And then the ones that didn't respond, I, I really just couldn't get myself to make a phone call. So the other day I had my daughter make, I wrote her a script. She's took her a few times to get it down and then she was awesome and on target. And um, she started calling back people from 2019 and she signed up like 15 people for trial classes. These are people that are like, oh, well, that's right. I filled out a form, but, and they've gotten like 15 emails and text messages and me personally texting them and, and they ignore it all. And I don't know if they ignore it because they don't recognize the number. So they delete it or they just don't see it because it's not on their radar. So now she makes a call and they're like, yeah, we'd love to come in. I had two people come in today is Wednesday, Monday that, from her three people from her calls and they're all in our free month. Now, these are people that were for me would have been lost because I just never followed up. So, so yeah, technology is important. And by the way, Facebook ads are amazing. Every school is doing it because it's easy. You know, you just run it and you, you could check the matrix. You could see who clicked it. It has performance matrix click through rates, all this stuff. Um, but uh, I have to tell you, I'm still killing it with my referral program. Like I've, I've a mom, that she's already sent me like 12 people and out of them, like four or five of them have signed up already. So she gets um, a free year. She gets a free year in my program. Right. So, and she's awesome. She's, she wants to keep on going because, and, and I give her $50 for every referral she brings in that signs up. So she's like, this is great. Like I just got to get a few of these a week to come in. And if they all pan out, I'm making like 150 bucks a week. Right. You know, and for me, that's the greatest thing ever. Like she's out there. I need more flyers, Shiana. I'm going to hand them out at the bus stop. I'm going to go to the playground, the school. I'm going to, she gives them out to everybody. And, and so far, the people that she's brought in are amazing as well. They're all great students and they're referring people. 
So yeah, you have to have a, a, a whole entire blend of different things that are out there for marketing. Yeah, uh, so I, I just think that, you know, you brought up the great greatest point where because of email and text messages, we aren't picking up the phone. Right. And we're missing so much uh, of the opportunities that are that are there, you know, taking that even to the next level. It, um, <laughs> I, yeah. I'm, I'm laughing because that's what your coaching company's yeah, called. Yeah, no pun intended, right? Taking yeah. it to the next level. Is uh, adding on to not only just the, um, the, the the actual phone call, but, you know, we've done where you just do a, a take your phone and, and shoot a video, you know right. what I mean? And right. then put it, put it on a private, not private, but unlisted um you know, you're on your YouTube unlisted, but then send them the link and say, hey, I just made you a short video. Uh, would you please take time to watch it? And then it's personalized right. where it's right. like, you know, hey, Mrs. So-and-so, uh, I know that, you know, back and so, da, 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 da. you know what I mean? It's just real, yeah, yeah. Quick. you know, you, yeah. you came to the field trip and uh, you said that he had a good time and, and before wasn't a good time to get started. And I just wanted to shoot a quick video, show you the studio where he had had done his class and and, uh, you know, and I was just hoping that we could get Johnny on a, a, a free, uh, free four weeks. Plus, I want to send you a, um, uh, a, uh, a free uh, uh, one of my books for free as well. 30 days right. to, you know, uh, you know, getting your child a higher self-esteem, you know, and then just something like that where it's yeah. just super, super simple. You know, but then again, let's go back to the main topic. Was it easier back in 20 years ago? And I look at it like I had 20 years ago, I had 500 members in my one headquarters school. And I don't remember doing nearly as much as I'm doing now for retention and for um, follow up and follow through. Like I'd have people come in, I'd get 20, 30 calls in a day. People would show up to the class. They, most of them that signed up to try the class, they'd show up to it. And I'd sign them up after one class, done, boom, sign them up. And they would train like, and they were like dedicated students. So I wonder though, is it that nowadays there's so much for people to choose from um, so many martial arts schools? Like when I, when I first opened my school in 1991, it was like around 94, I think there was like 500 martial arts schools in all of New York state from the tip of Albany to the Hamptons, Montauk Point. Um, and now there's like, 6,000, 5,000. I mean, I'm talking schools, clubs, programs that are out there that are teaching martial arts. So just think about in the, I was the only person within like a 20, 10, 15 mile radius, let's say 10 mile radius of school. Now there's a school on literally on every corner. When I, when I am on Facebook and someone says, I'm looking for a school in East Isop, I get the notification, I send them my name, pop, 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 five other school owners do the same thing or people recommend other schools. And, and you know, so it's like now the competition is fierce as well. Yeah, so, I would agree. But I think the, the biggest thing is we're looked at as an activity now and, and not a way of life. So, right. you know, and I think that that, um, that has the ability to just, it makes the population look, uh, uh, or, or the, the amount, the, the, the quality of the student isn't as good as what we had before. Well, to that. well, we had a great interview last week with, with a master Herb Perez, right? And he's going to open up a very exclusive school charging 600 something dollars a month. And you have to be put on a waiting list and be approved to be in his school. Well, you got to pay for the whole year. Yeah, exactly. And then he was saying too, that he would also, um, decide after the year if they lived up to the performance matrix that he puts in place or else he won't renew them either. So that's kind of like that private school, Harvard, Yale kind of mentality, right? You know, where I'm people are like, it. yeah, it's fighting to get into that school, right? So um, is there anything wrong with that kind of mindset? Now, a lot of people are having a hard enough time just getting normal, average, average everyday everyone through the door. But how can you get that? You know, how do you get it where you could be that choosy and select your group of people, right? That's important. That's another question. What do you think? I have thought about that for years. My thing was, I remember Dan Kennedy talking about a, uh, a dentist that um, switched his practice to a referral only. So you could only get in there if you were referred by a current client of, of the dentist. 
Wow. And they literally okay. would lock the door and you couldn't come in. It's not like you could even come in and check the place out. Like right. there was a doorbell, you know, you'd have to announce who you are, uh, you know, hmm. and if you were on the list, then you could come in. I mean, it was, right. and I believe it was in Australia that this yeah. dentist, you know, did this. And I just thought, oh my gosh, does that not sound phenomenal? I just never had the guts to do that, you know, because the individuals that are at my school, you know, most of them I like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Very, yeah. very few of them are headaches. Um, and right. with, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I definitely do. I think that, um, yeah, I'm the same way. Like out of my clients, I'd say 99.8% of them are people that I enjoy having in the school. I get along well with the families. I enjoy having the kids. Now, when I say enjoy, I like them personally. Sometimes teaching them is another daunting thing. Like my daughter and I come home with material and we just laugh for hours afterwards like after we teach and i'm like did you see the way johnny you know he was licking the wall and how come you know you know you yelled out you know to do this move and the kid just started barking like a dog and like i mean like weird stuff that i don't remember happening to me in the 90s you know but um maybe i just don't remember like one of the people on that post said maybe uh instructors of the 80s and 90s are glorifying their and forgetting what it was really like there could be a possibility because i've had some terrible students back then as well right yeah but, uh, yeah but, but uh, I, just, I just think that uh also i think also what's different and you're finding it now again is the camaraderie um the closeness how tight you were when you were a smaller school and had people that were all on the same page as you um and then you blew up to having mul like for you having multiple schools being a bigger yeah. school the connections weren't as as, yeah. as close as they were before we talked about before that you know you used to get all the christmas presents and now you don't get anything yeah so um you know that that all i think has uh has a part to play in in in, in this where yes we were closer knit when when we first started and we had uh the we you know we had a first name basis with all the parents all the kids we knew their dog's name i mean just and 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 as we as we gotten have gotten bigger we're not able to do that so i think that has a part to play in it as well i have to say that i don't agree with you Dwayne, and that's probably one of the first times you and i have ever disagreed um but uh, but okay let me ask you in the beginning you were like that right no, but what I'm gonna what I'm gonna say though, and and I, I think that I'm still to this now. Like there was a period of time you're right where I was like, "What's your name?" They're like, "I've been training with you two years." My am I a green belt? Like, and I never knew them. I never met them. They were at a different location. We were like two ships passing the night. But nowadays, I'm very connected to every single student. I know right. their names. I know the parents' names and so on. However, I still don't see that type of camaraderie that you're talking about, even with me doing the things that I, I, in fact, I'm probably more connected now than ever before texting people. Hey, how, Hey, Dwayne, how's Johnny doing? Is he doing great? I, I always do my, my follow-up calls. I'm talking to them in the lobby. I know whether they're sick or what's going on in their lives, but I don't know if people in general look at us the way they used to look at us. They don't revere that sensei as this mystical, magical, dangerous person like they used to like i had a woman brought her two kids check this out first time i ever met her brings two kids into class yesterday um went monday and while her kids are in class she comes to me to the desk and she says if you want i can teach you self-defense and i'm like um what do you think we do here like why would you think that i don't know self-defense and you're gonna come in and teach me like you don't even know my history or anything i could be the deadliest guy in the world do you just assume that like people are odd and i wonder though is it is it how we teach people to act how we let them act is it is it just in general the society what do you think well you say now you're more connected than ever i, I think connection is a two-way two-way street so you might right. be sending more emails more text messages maybe more phone calls whatever right. uh you know to the individuals but the amount of uh, communication that's going out doesn't equal necessarily connection if if it's not being reciprocated right you know where i'm going with that 
Yeah, I do. And, but I do. I get it 100%. Just because I'm yelling in a bullhorn doesn't mean that everyone's listening, right? But I do. I feel like we, I speak to these people back and forth. And maybe it's over text messaging. We're talking about how's Johnny like in class? Oh, he's loving it. I'm so proud of him. He did a great kick. He did. Like, we're do, I'm doing that with a good majority of the people. And um, still, I wonder, like, I'll wait to see my Christmas present list this year. I mean, last year, my Christmas presents went up a bit and I got more Christmas cards than ever before. But back in 1994, every time I set my Christmas tree up, that tree is filled with 92, 93, 94 Best Sensei Awards, Christmas trees with karate guys on it, like all gifts from my students. Um, and nowadays, I'm lucky if I get a Merry Christmas, have a great Christmas break, you know, that kind of thing. So it's, I'm, gonna, I, I'm changing it a little over the years, but I wonder. Yeah, I also think that um, I, for me, I, I got those because I needed them. You got them because you needed them. I don't know what that means. I think part of the reason that I got those was obviously the connection that I had, but I also needed those things from my students. I'm in a different position in my life now that I, I don't feel like I need those things from my students. And so I, I think that, you know, uh, not to get all woo woo on you, but yeah, I'm yeah. not putting that vibe out either that, that I need, you know, that I need that type of, uh, um, uh, acknowledgement, but I definitely put that vibe out before I never said anything. Hey, you guys got to buy me a Christmas gift, but I just think because of the, of what I, I think what I needed at that time was part of that acknowledgement that it, it some of it came in a, in a Christmas gift form. Do, do you kind of see what I'm saying? I totally do. And I don't need it either. Like if I don't get those presents, I'm not devastated, but I think though, do you think that, we should be more uh, expectant of the actions. Like we should teach the protocol to the students that they should do those things so that they get the lesson on how to treat your sensei or how to treat your mentor or how to, how to like, cause kids will do that in school. Like they'll bring their school teachers Christmas presents and then they don't bring their sensei Christmas presents, right? Or, you know what I mean? So I think, like, I had a family. They were, um, they were I think, Sikh. The, the religion was Sikh. So that I think they're from India. Um, and every Saturday morning, the father would bring my, my head instructor and myself breakfast. And even though that I couldn't eat it, I'm a vegan, he'd bring it to me anyway. And he says, this is for you, sensei. I know you can't eat it, but I want to get it for you. And you could maybe give it to someone else, but it's for me to you. Like his culture would be to revere and, and respect and bring gifts to their senseis. And um, that was the way it was when I traveled to Japan. Don't ever think of going to Japan. I'd always text sensei. And I got to a point where I'd say, uh, sensei, do you need anything? So I want to bring you a present. He'd go, yeah, my son, he wants a pair of Nike Air shoes, you know, $100, $120. My wife likes the, you know, and he'd like fill them up with gifts and I'd be bringing him a gift, his kids, a gift, his daughter, a gift, his wife, a gift. But that was my way of showing that I loved him and cared for him just to say, Hey, thank you for taking me in and teaching me again. Right. So do we shortchange our students by being humble enough to not do that? Do you like, do you, do you not, you know, like, you know, the people at church when they fake putting money in the, <laughs> in, in the basket and they, they do this with their hand and then they move it on and you're like, there's still zero dollar. You put your hand in there and it's empty still. 40 people, right? Have done that, right? And going like, not one of you have donated. Like my teacher used to be at a point, I won't mention one, one of my teachers where he was broke and they pass around a brown paper bag in the locker room so he could get dinner. Mm -hmm. And I'd be the one to bring him the bag. And at the end, everyone's like in their pockets, putting their hands in the bag. At the end, I'd open it up and we'd be empty. And then I'm like, now my teacher's not going to eat. So I would go in and I'd put in $50, $60 in the bag of my own heart. And at the time I wasn't wealthy in any way, shape or form, but I was, so the guy could go to dinner, my sensei, but all these other people were faking their way through it. So is it wrong for us to teach them to be more, you know, do, does that make sense? Is it makes perfect that, sense. Yeah. No, so I don't, do think wrong that? I, no, I don't disagree with that. Um, um I just think it needs to be presented in a way that, you know, uh, doesn't sound self-serving, but now that I'm in a position that I'm, I'm in, you know, I, I, I think it, it can be done in a way where I can say, you know, look, 
this this month we're talking about gratitude you know may, maybe right. with regards to november and right. uh, you know one of the ways that you demonstrate your attitude of gratitude is you know through um heartfelt heartfelt messages gifts right. you know acts of kindness and yeah. so you know one of the things that you can do is you know pick individuals in your life you know whether it's your martial arts teachers your teacher at school to your parents or whatever right. or maybe some other mentor in your life um and and i think it's important that you demonstrate your attitude of gratitude to them and so yeah. i don't know how you're going to do it but i i think you you know we all need to do that yeah i remember when i was a hard-nosed young teacher and like i'd come walking in the door with a box and people that were in the door sitting watching me bring the box in I'd be like, are you guys serious? Like, you're not going to walk over and open the door or you're not going to come and carry this box? Like, I would hold them accountable. And then I guess in their mind, they're like, oh, you know, look at him. Tell him. And I've got people that thought I was being egotistical. Even a parent, not until a long time, a, a year ago, he quit my school. Or actually, I didn't renew him because he was trying to change my contract. And, and he, he said, oh, you're so egotistical and you're this and you're that. I said, well, that's your opinion. I'm just trying to teach you the real martial arts and the way martial arts should be done. You could call it ego because I don't care about your coffee mug that you give me on Christmas. I'm going to probably donate it anyway. Um, you know, but at the same time, it's not the gift. It's the gesture. You know, and that's where we have to teach the students and the families, to be honest, on how to act. And I think that's missing in our martial art world because we're afraid we're going to come off as disingenuous or egotistical or wanting things that we don't really care about. I'm not asking them to buy me a, all chip in and buy me a Ferrari, right. you know, right. You know, uh, but I'm saying like they, people should know that this is the way you act within and maybe not in a culture of some martial arts schools. Maybe that's not the way you act. Maybe not. That's not what they expect or what they want. But I know certainly in my schools, uh, the discipline of my art, that's part of it. Yeah, no, agreed. And I, I, I just, um, I, I think part of it is the society nowadays. Yeah. Um, I think, yes, we're not preaching it, you know, along with that. So I think, yeah, I think you're right. I, I think technology to kind of wrap up what we're talking about, I think technology has helped us greatly. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's made our lives easier in some aspects. I think it's also uh, made communication more difficult in some aspects as well yeah. uh, with regards to connection. Um, mm -hmm. you know, so I think there's some give and take with those things. I, I do think that it's important to utilize the technology, but not let the technology, you know, uh, overcome you. As you know, I check my email two times a day and that's it. And I'll, I'll respond to emails a couple of times a day and that's mm -hmm. it. Um, I, I'm, I'm very selective. Like even on Sundays, um, I usually take my Apple watch off. Um, I'll put my uh, phone down as much as I possibly can. Like, so for instance, I had a, a, a lady message me on Facebook about, <clears throat> you know, our health and wellness program who I've already done a health assessment with. And she knew that um, Sunday was the last day to get the $100 health scholarship. Well, it was, I don't know, probably nine o'clock that I picked up my phone and saw nine o'clock at night, I picked up my phone and saw that there was a Facebook message because it was, you know, on the, on the list. Yeah. Of messages and so i texted her real quick and i said uh, are you still awake she said yes i said can i call you right now she said yes i said because the order had to be processed by 10 o'clock well she's lucky i even saw that right so right. i think putting parameters around those type of things for yourself are good also training your um your staff to understand that you're going to respond to certain things in certain times and right. time frames, and then other things in not that same time frame, but then also your uh, your clients. You need to educate them on how you're going to respond. Yes, text texting uh, you know is available all the time, but it doesn't mean that we're going to respond to you all the time. Same thing with the push notification through our app, you know, through Spark. Right. So I think if you you allow them to understand the expectations. You know right. what's going on that's going to definitely hit or excuse me help uh you know the uh the the relationship yeah and rick kellerman who uh he was uh my he's my good buddy and we just went out to breakfast this morning um 
<coughs> he wrote, we need to stress older brother, sister, teacher, teach younger brother, sister protocols, right? Like the senpai kohai in Japanese or the senior and the junior. Um, and not only will it bring back the respect, it will make the school itself more cohesive. And I agree with that comment. Um, and I think that that's important. Like, for example, the other day when I talked about my kids not even bowing properly, there should have been one of them there that stood up and said, this is not how you act. So when I see these kids again, I'm going to have a long talk with my guy about it. And that's the problem, though. I, I seem to try to have a long talk with my guy about stuff to educate him so that when he eventually has the school and I'm retired, he won't have these issues and he'll know how to handle them. But he tends to not think that it, he's a younger guy. Um, in his 30s. So he doesn't tend to see the value in this stuff that I do, like how bad that was that that happened, that they just broke down and didn't respect the school and all that stuff. So I'm trying to teach him at why. The reason why I've been open for 30 years is because I've had this formatted kind of protocol and, and the way we teach for all these years. That's why I've stayed open and hadn't really adapted and changed my art form and changed what I do and how I present it. It's been the same all along. Well, it kind of goes uh, in, hand in hand with uh, Giuliani's book. Uh, the leadership. The, yeah, the leadership book, uh, yeah. the broken the broken window uh, theory. Uh-huh. Right. So um, and, and if nobody's read that book, I can't think of the name of the book right now. It's called, leader, it's called leadership. OK, um, but, uh, you know, his broken basically his broken window theory is the fact that, and that's how he cleaned up uh, New York was if there was graffiti, right. if there was a broken window, um, they, they, they got on that right away and they, they put a, you know, they nipped everything in the bud, uh, which just made everything else so much better because, um, it allowed to not, it, 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 it definitely made the, uh, the city look better. Right. You know, uh, crime is going to, or disarray is going to then, uh, attract more crime. You know, so right. they, he did the right thing by doing the broken window theory. Oh, yeah. Did I ever tell you my Giuliani, sir? I was looking for the book. Like I was reading Giuliani's book on my way to Manhattan with my daughter's mom at the time. And I'm reading the book. I'm like three quarters of the way through. And I'm like, oh, this is a guy I would like to meet. Like, it's incredible. It'd be great to meet him. So then we get off the train. I throw the book in my backpack and we went shopping. We're in Macy's and I take a corner around the wall and literally boom. Giuliani and I bump into each other nose to nose and bounce back. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, oh my God, Mayor Giuliani. So I grab my backpack to take it off. And like these huge security guards, like four of them are on me. And like quick like that. And I'm like, you guys are good. I just have a book. Can you autograph it? And he said, yeah. He takes a magic marker out. He autographs my book. I'm like, I was just reading it. And I literally just said, I wanted to meet you. And I bumped into you face to face. That shows the power of intention, right? Yes. Well, that's what I'm saying. Oh my God. So incredible. And he, and I go, can I take a picture? He's like, no. And then they like walked away. But, um, that was a phenomenal book. I just watched a video yesterday where these kids, I'm not sure if they were in the United States or another country, like seven of them are on motocross bicycles, going through a supermarket, riding their bikes, kicking people's carts over, punching people as they walk past and getting away with it, riding wheelies and they're filming it. And you know why there's no consequences they don't, if, if they, had some like in the day if i tried that when i was a kid some guy would have cold cocked me and knocked me out and, and dragged me to the ground and waited for the cops and they would have arrested me took me to my house nowadays they could do whatever well, they want when you got home your dad would have done the same thing <laughs> absolutely yeah without a doubt and that's why there's no repercussions whatsoever like people literally allowed to steal up to $900 worth of stuff in stores and they can't get arrested. Well, you know, last month with TikTok, what the, the TikTok challenge was, is they were supposed to go into uh, bathrooms in the schools and tear, tear the bathrooms apart. I didn't see that. On, yeah. And this month it's uh, slap a teacher on the rear end. Wow. That's the TikTok challenges. So this is the, these are, these are the kids and you got, you got seven, six, five-year-olds watching these TikToks. Like parents are nuts yeah. letting their kids watch this crap. Well, right? they said that TikTok is one of the largest uh, gateways into pornography um, because people are putting up, you know, it's, I watch it, I'm on it and I'm going, wow, that girl's beautiful and she's dancing and everything. But then they lead you down a path, you click on the link and now you're on a porn site. And kids are doing that all the time. So it's a shame. But I think I think we're the solution, though. We're the, like, if parents get the world sucks and the way it's going, maybe not all of them do. 
the majority of the ones that do should stick with our school and then really work hard to make sure that they listen and they learn discipline and learn to act you know respectfully etc cetera, etc cetera. so what so, i'm hearing you say is um uh, technology is good yeah i we're love the, it we're, we're we are the last stand uh yeah for society, which we did do a podcast on that. If you go to schoolundertalk.com, and I think if you just yes. type in uh, Last Stand, I think it's going to come up. Uh, okay. I think. I'm almost positive, but uh, you can find it on there. But, you know, yeah. And then, uh, look, we've got to make sure that we say what we mean and we mean what we say because, um, you know, we are the example for those individuals. Yes, we are. Yeah, absolutely, Dwayne. Always awesome talking to you. I had a great call and um, can't wait till next week. All right. Sounds good. All right. Have a great, great day, sir. All right. Awesome. Everybody, don't forget to check us out on iTunes and, and recommend your friends and, um, you know, check out what are we, we're on episode 297 right now. Mm -hmm. Get, we're knocking the door on 300, man. Yeah. I think when we hit 300, I'm going to give away a bunch of my products for free and, uh, it, for, for like the first 10 or 15 listeners. So sounds like a plan. All right. Awesome. Have a great day. All right. You too. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Martial Arts School Owner Talk Podcast. This would not be possible if it weren't for the support of our amazing sponsors. Please check out EliteInsights.com for all your website needs. LeadHunterMedia.com, your online digital marketer and content provider. Academy Kings BJJ Growth Consulting and Management at GrowMyAcademy.com SparkMembership.com The best darn software for school owner manager on the planet. GetKarateStudents.com A martial arts growth consulting company for all your school systems. We will see you next time.